Jesus says, many are invited, but few are chosen. Good morning, Christian America. Jesus calls us to dedicate our lives to him. He calls us to seek him and desire a place with him for today, for tomorrow, for eternity. And that desire, that faith should set us apart from others. It should guide our actions. It should guide our obedience to God and increase our willingness to be with him. But Jesus makes the point in today's passage that not everyone is prepared for him. And those unprepared will end up in a far different place. So let's get into the word this Friday morning. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here, as always, representing the Christian American community and the Christian American T-shirt company coming to you today as we come to you every Friday to end your week with a portion of educational, thought-provoking scripture, undiluted form, straight from the good book itself, verbatim, word for word, where you can see, hear, and listen for yourself what scripture says. You don't have to take my word for it. We're going to give it to you point blank. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to show it to you. And, and then uh, after all that, we're going to discuss what preceded this passage that we talked about last week and last week's uh, podcast, which led us to this week's passage. And then we're going to discuss the larger context taking place at this time in Jesus's ministry. And then lastly, uh, we're going to try to focus on the lessons provided to us that we can use from Jesus, from scripture, to inform us, to lead us, to guide us in our daily lives, to become better people, to be, to become better Christians, to become more Christ-like in our own actions. And so uh, let's start off with today's passage. We're, we're going to be covering the book of Matthew chapter 22, verse 1. Let's get right down into it. So Matthew chapter 22 starts, and it says, Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out other servants and said, tell those who are invited, see, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away, one to his own farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants and mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged, and he sent out his troops, killed those murderers, and burned down their city. He then told his servants, the banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go then to where the roads exit the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants went out on the roads and they gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests. When the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, friend, how did you get in here? without wedding clothes. The man was speechless. 
Then the king told his attendants, tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Okay, now hopefully you recall last Friday's passage. Jesus is in the midst of chastising the Pharisees in front of him and who have questioned his authority. And now they're testing him. And uh, they're probably testing his patience right about now with their antagonism. Um, and in the passage that I just read, Jesus is furthering this lesson, this, uh, this rebuke of the, the Pharisees and their, their, their earthly authority, their local authority. And he gives this parable of the, the, the wedding banquet and the master who's setting the table and he's inviting for this wonderful event that he cares so much about, uh, he cares so much for. He wants to see everyone that is invited to, to share in the goodness and the blessings of the wedding and which, which is about to take place. You can think of this along the, the, the verbiage that Jesus uses when he says the, when he calls himself the bridegroom and the church, that's us, is the bride. This, this bond that a wedding is, uh, that God oversees and God makes, uh, you know, makes one. Uh, you can go all the way back to Genesis, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, where the two become one flesh, where Jesus and the church become one. This is the wedding banquet that Jesus is alluding to in this parable. And he's saying that the master, God, the father, is setting this place for his son, Jesus. Of course, they don't get, they don't get it, but this is, what he's, that's, this is the context in which he's bringing this parable to you. And he says to his servants, go out and gather the people that have been invited and bring them in to share in this goodness, bring them in to share in this blessings, bring them in to share in this, in these glad, uh, these glad tidings and good, uh, this good environment that we're about to, that, that I'm setting forth in front of you. I'm giving you all of this goodness. And when his servants go out there and you can think of those servants as, uh, as the earlier prophets, as the earlier people who went forward and tried to get the people of Israel to repent of their sins, to come into God's fold, to obey him, to love him, to seek him, to do his will and not turn their backs on him. And what happened to those servants? What happened to those early prophets? Again, last week we talked about how Jesus uh, alluded to the early prophets. He's also alluding to John the Baptist as someone who came before him and that no one believed or very few people believed. And the, the church leadership, the Pharisees, the hypocrites did not believe and that they seized him and they beheaded him, right? They murdered him. This is the parable once again that Jesus is using to, to reference Israel and the hypocrites who run the, the, the church leadership and how they've acted to God's servants in the past, people that had their eyes on Christ, people that were listening to the Father, people that were in their right minds that the leadership that the hypocrites turned against and subdued, either ignored or murdered. And so in the parable, 
the master sends out the servants this, to the ones who are invited, the ones who should know better, the ones that have been enslaved in Egypt and that have been led out through God's grace. They have been led out and they have been God's chosen people based on Abraham's covenant. He's th This is the context of, of this parable. And so the servants go out and they interact with those that are invited. And what does it say? It says one ignores him. He goes back to his farm. He's just, I don't have time. He doesn't have time for it. He's not that interested in it. Another servant goes off and goes back to his business. Why? Because obviously his business, his, his money, his uh, position is more important than the, than the master's feast, than the wedding that's about to take place, than the goodness and the invitation that he's been invited into. His priorities are not that of the master. They are not that of the good, the good nature. It, rather, one is ambivalent to what's going on and the other one is more interested in his own business and his own selfishness and his own earthly desires. And so they ignore the master and his invitation. And what do the rest do? Well, the rest, they seize the servants and they murder them, right? That's what scripture says. That's the parable that Jesus puts forward. Let that be a lesson to us that when we are invited, that you cannot use ignorance as an excuse because we are no longer ignorant of the truth. We are no longer ignorant of scripture. If you have, we all have the ability to pick up a Bible, to pick up the good word of God and to read about it, to listen to it. We have the time to sit, especially right now with the pandemic, especially with there's uh, very little economic action going on. If you're worried about your business, like the uh, like the individual in the parable, chances are the business isn't running right now. It isn't working right now. So you, we all have time. We all have the means. We all have the capability to pick up scripture, to think about God's word, think about what it means for us to live by what how God calls us to to be invited into the banquet and the wedding. Uh, feast with him, with his son, the marriage between his son, Jesus, and the church, which is us. Do not be like those who disregarded God's invitation, the master's invitation. And then, so what happens when they do disregard his invitation and murder, capture and murder his servants, the previous prophets? It says that the father sent out his own army to handle that entire situation. And so he says, since another group of servants and says, go to the ends to go to outside the city, right? Meaning essentially outside the realm of those who are in our community, those who supposedly know the truth, supposedly have a knowledge of scripture that supposedly acknowledge the existence of God and his true nature. Go outside of this community to the outside of the city. And anyone you see, invite them in. That's God further explaining to us that we are all invited, not simply the people in Jerusalem, not simply the covenant of uh, the, the, the ancient Israel, uh, Israelite people, the ancient Hebrew people. But now through Jesus, through his wedding with the church, we are all invited 
and that if we choose to accept his invitation, that we will be welcomed into the wedding banquet, into the wedding feast, into eternity with our Lord and Savior, and that this is a good thing, that we will then uh, have the ability to commune with Christ forever. And the Father oversees this. And so that's exactly what the next servants do. They invite everyone in. And now we know because of his love, because uh, of his invitation, we are all invited to the wedding feast. And so when they come, the wedding feast is now packed. It's just full of people. And scripture says that the wedding banquet was filled with guests. It was filled with, it was packed with all these people that accepted the invitation, right? Because if you're going to offer someone this, this wonderful opportunity, you're going to get many takers, especially when the promise is everlasting love. It's everlasting uh, uh, communion with the master and his family within this prestigious position, in this banquet hall of the marriage of Christ and the church. It's, he said, the scripture says it's filled with people. And the master comes upon one person who is not dressed for the event. What does it mean that he's not dressed for the event? It means he has shown up unprepared. He is not ready for the wedding in which that is about to take place in this parable. How many people that claim to be Christian, how many people that claim to love God, that claim to seek Christ, that, that claim that they are quote unquote good people and they show up at the event and they're, they're not appropriately positioned and prepared for the responsibility of the, of the title that they just, that they talk about. How many people do you know that? And so the master, God recognizes that upon this invitation, there's going to be so many people that show up, but you can't just show up. Showing up is definitely better than disregarding his invitation to begin with. They made the effort. They made the initial step because maybe they thought there was something good for them, that they, it, there, was, there was goodness in it for them. When, when the master shows up, he recognizes that someone is not dressed appropriately. He is unprepared for the banquet in which he is about to, to sit at. And so what does the father do? What does the, the master do? He calls to his servants and he says, tie this man hand to foot and throw him into a dark place where they will be wailing or in this passage, weeping and gnashing of teeth that tells us ladies and gentlemen that we have to be prepared to enter god's grace we know not the time nor the place in which you will be called when you will be summoned to this banquet and if we are not prepared emotionally spiritually physically mentally if we have if we haven't given ourselves and our lives as Christ has given himself and his life, his earthly life, then we are lacking and we will be lacking 
but it's our job to be lacking as little as possible because the last thing you want to do when you arrive to that banquet is to be thrown out tied hand to hand and foot to foot into the outer darkness that's a that is one heck of a saying that jesus provides here he's not saying that all will be forgiven he's not saying that there won't be any punishment he's not saying that because we are there are many people there are many quote unquote christian american leaders that love to talk about the 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 grace and the mercy of god almighty and he is merciful and he is graceful but he is also uh he expect a level of obedience and if you aren't prepared to show up to that wedding to show up to that feast to show up to that banquet to show up in the presence of god almighty prepared as best as you can then you're in for a rude awakening because jesus says not any i don't say it what jesus says here he said you will be thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and he finishes up by saying for many are invited but few are chosen you are invited to the feast you are invited to the feast there are three ways that you can enter or there's three ways that you can respond to this invitation you can disregard it to your own peril or you can show up unprepared at your own peril or you can take this invitation as a as a as a acknowledgement of God's grace and mercy reflect on your own life as we reflect on our own lives repent for the sins that we have committed and that we have a propensity to continue to commit work our diligently work our hardest at overcoming these temptations overcoming these uh worldly goods and these worldly affirmations overcoming the temptations of the flesh overcoming the temptations of money and prestige and power and all these things jealousy and lust and envy all these evils preparing yourself mentally physically psychologically spiritually putting your faith and your trust in God almighty and humbly approach our father the master of the banquet prepared to enter in and that we may commune and and uh with him for everlasting life that's what today's message calls for that's what today's passage is calling you to do it is giving us a warning of how not to approach god's invitation and how to accept it appropriately and be prepared to enter into his presence because if you're found wanting it's not going to be a good place for you and that is all we have for this week 
we want you guys that this weekend to have a blessed weekend to spend some time with your family spend your time with your friends get out and do some things you know if you're cooped in the house the the the, the country and it's kind of reopening slowly and we encourage everyone to spend some time always you know with family and reflection and scripture and think about what god is calling you to do today what god is calling you to to uh the responsibilities that god is calling you to undertake as a leader in your household as a leader in your community as a leader in your family amongst your friends whatever the case may be wherever it is that you are in this life at your at this time in your own personal lives you are never too far away to not receive that invitation to the banquet you are never too far away but if you prioritize things over it it's not really uh, the place that you're going to want to be in the long run so this weekend we encourage everybody to spend some time with your family spend some time in the good word um you know be on fire for christ get uh, get out there and try to do good works on behalf of him because that's what we're called to do our faith is called uh is supposed to drive our actions do not let your actions or your uh, prejudgments or your ideology drive your faith your faith your cornerstone as we talked about last week starts with Christ it starts with Jesus and then from that point we can build up and make the life for ourselves that God calls us uh, to make and for that of our families and with that ladies and gentlemen we ask uh, we, we're enjoying your support we are uh, flabbergasted by the amount of uh, of increase in activity in the Christian American community that we've received over the last, you know, two months or so, especially during this pandemic, more people are online. So the more online engagement that that it's taking place, it's 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 awesome. Uh, the dialogue, the conversation, the, the the messages, the videos that people share with us, and we enjoy it. Uh, the conversations are are insightful. They're in depth, and and they're on top of that, they're very important. They're important for what's going on in our lives today. We need to remember as a community that Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone to our personal lives and he's the cornerstone to the society which we need to build or we that has been built that we need to maintain. It's that foundation that Jesus sets that makes everything livable. And without that, we crumble. And that's what we, we don't want to we don't want to crumble. We can't we can't live in a world where we have a weak foundation. Jesus is the foundation and we have to keep him in our hearts and he we have to allow him and the Holy Spirit to drive our faith and the works on his behalf. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to guys uh, have a again, once again, have a blessed weekend. Stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.